Hi folks this is your dispatch riders podcast a series bringing you exciting and enthralling indian war stories stories about great indian battles stories about incidents that happened during war time and finally stories about the brave men and great leaders of the indian armed forces stay tuned with me The story relates to the 1971 war between India and Pakistan also known as the Bangladesh Liberation War. The war was fought on two fronts. The primary objective lay in the east which was to free and liberate Bangladesh from East Pakistan. As expected, Pakistan opened up the conflict in the west where India's objective was primarily to defend. Our story dates back to 14th December 1971. With the Pakistan Air Force in East Pakistan rendered completely ineffective in just the first few days of the war and the Indian ground forces aided by the Mukti Bahini the Bangladesh Armed Resistance Force created for their freedom struggle closing in on East Pakistan from all sides a complete overrun of East Pakistan seemed imminent and yet the last thought in the minds of the government in East Pakistan and the military commander there General Niazi was of surrender The thought process was that there is still a chance that India might shy away from a bloody battle in the streets of Dhaka that will kill more civilians in addition to the millions already dead. That prospect might force the Indians to agree to a ceasefire. That would be a face-saving end to an illustrious public career of the governor of East Pakistan that spanned 22 years and that of Lieutenant General Niazi till then known to be one of the best generals and military leaders in Pakistan. It was therefore an urgent business for the governor of East Pakistan to convene a meeting with the government officials and Niazi and decide on whether to advise Niazi to continue fighting or to surrender. On the morning of 14 December, one Corporal BP Singh, who was a radio operator of the electronics branch in the Eastern Army Command headquarters in Calcutta, tasked with monitoring and intercepting radio communication from within Pakistan reported an intercept to his boss flight lieutenant ms bala the communication was coded and intercepted from one of the strategic frequencies when decoded it was found that the communication was between an official of the dhaka governor house and a west pakistan government official the communication mentioned about some meeting in the government house to be chaired by the governor of east pakistan himself further The communication revealed the names of the officials likely to attend this meeting and these names included General Tikka Khan the martial law administrator in East Pakistan and the air officer commanding of the Pakistan Air Force in East Pakistan amongst others Flight Lieutenant Bala immediately realized the strategic importance of this message intercept and carried the audio tape personally to the seniors in command headquarters The top brass there grasped the importance of this message and the scheduled meeting The East Pakistan governor AM Malik and his cabinet had the capacity to take momentous decisions on the course of action whether to prolong the war and strengthen the defenses of Dhaka 
or even to arrange a ceasefire rather than surrendering. This meeting had to be disrupted to remove the decision-making capability. A strike on this meeting could paralyze the Pakistani administration. Time was of essence since the meeting was due to start barely an hour later. Therefore, orders were issued to the Air Force bases in Guwahati and Hashimara. Stay on to listen to the rest of the story. At Guwahati, the station commander, Group Captain MSD Wallen, was told that the target was the circuit house in Dhaka where the meeting was to be held and the mission was to fly fighter jets to bomb the circuit house in order to disrupt the meeting. There were no maps available in those times that showed prominent buildings in Dhaka city. Wallen could lay his hands on only one tourist map issued by the bomber shell company. He carried the same and rushed to the operations room to brief the pilots. Wing commander BK Bishnoi, the commanding officer of the number 28 squadron, had just returned from a close support mission. Wallen quickly apprised Bishnoi of the mission and the need to hit the target by 11:20 a.m. Indian Standard Time or 11:50 a.m. East Pakistan Time. That was just 55 minutes away. Considering the time to fly to Dhaka from Guwahati and the time taken to prepare the flight and take off, there was a very narrow window available. Bishnoi decided that there wasn't any time available to arm the aircraft with bombs. Hence, he would have to do with only rockets which were already loaded onto the MiG-21 aircraft. Bishnoi also studied the map and the only thing he could learn was that the circuit house was located north of the race course in a densely populated area of Dhaka. Four aircraft, all MiG-21s, were armed and ready for the mission. Bishnoi was to lead. We will continue with the story in the next segment. Stay with me. As Bishnoi was seated in his cockpit preparing to take off for the mission, he saw an officer of his squadron approach his aircraft waving a piece of paper. The target had been changed. It was no longer the circuit house but the governor house. Bishnoi knew he didn't have time to brief his other pilots accompanying him on the mission. He had also decided to maintain complete radio silence throughout the flight to Dhaka. He would study the map en route and spot the target once he reached Dhaka. Meanwhile, similar instructions were issued to two pilots of the number 4 squadron also in Guwahati, Flight Lieutenants G. Bala and Himu Sardesai, who were part of the mission and who were to follow Bishnoi's formation and also attack the target. Similarly, at the airbase in Hashimara, about 150 kilometers from Guwahati, the number 37 squadron was briefed to carry out the same attack with four Hunter aircraft. The commanding officer, Wing Commander S.K. Call, was to lead the mission from Hashimara. When Bishnoi was approaching Dhaka and was about 3 minutes away from the target, he opened the map and located the governor house. As the four aircraft pulled up over Dhaka, Bishnoi notified his pilots that the target would be found on their left. One of the pilots in his formation soon located the governor house and called out on the radio to inform the others. The governor house was a prominent structure easily spotted from the air. 
It was a huge palatial building with lush green compounds located close to the Dhaka Cricket Stadium. To find out what happened next, stay tuned. Welcome back. We are on a story about an Indian Air Force mission to bomb the Governor House in Dhaka on 14 December 1971 to disrupt a meeting chaired by the Governor to decide on the East Pakistani strategy for the remaining part of the war. From an Indian perspective, this meeting had to be disrupted to paralyze the decision-making machinery in Dhaka. It was midday when Bishnoi and his three colleagues pulled up over Dhaka in their MiG-21s armed with rockets and the aircraft's cannons. Some vehicles could be seen parked outside the governor's house. The governor's meeting was in progress. The single agenda for the meeting was this. Since there was a grave danger for all top officials of East Pakistan being targeted by the Mukti Bahini once the Indian ground forces entered Dhaka, the trade-off being considered was moving to a secure location as against being seen as having deserted their country. The meeting was interrupted as several rockets from the MiG-21s rocked the building. Bishnoi and his wingman had done one additional circuit to confirm the target and then ordered his formation to attack from the broadside. Each pilot fired 16 rockets in the first pass and then came around to fire the rest on their second pass. In total, 128 rockets were fired at the building by Bishnoi's formation before they turned back to base. As Bishnoi's formation was exiting, the two aircraft from the number 4 squadron flown in by flight lieutenants Bala and Sardesai were arriving at Dhaka. They made four passes each, firing four rockets each on each pass. Between the six MiGs, a total of 192 rockets had found their mark. The governor's house was still standing, but its windows, rooms and walls devastated by the rocket blasts and fire. After the attack, the governor, A.M. Malik and his cabinet members rushed to a bunker on the building's grounds. Malik was still undecided about resigning. While discussions were on, the four hunters from Hashimara, led by Wing Commander S.K. Kaul, arrived and commenced their attack. S.K. Kaul and his wingman, Masand, decided to use the cannon instead of firing rockets, so the damage they caused was more clearly visible to the eye as rockets create a lot of dust and smoke. By the time the hunters left, a total of 192 UB-16 50mm rockets, 12 T-10 rockets and 250 rounds of cannon had been fired at the governor's house. The MiGs destroyed the west wing of the building while the hunters destroyed the east wing. The roof made of 9-inch thick reinforced concrete and the walls that were 18 inches thick were pierced by the rockets. An air conditioning system on top of the building was gutted by fire. This really was the last straw for Governor Malik. He produced a pen and some office paper and wrote out his resignation addressed to General Yahya Khan, the President of Pakistan. He then took off his shoes and socks, washed his feet in a small washroom in the bunker and knelt down to say his prayers. He and his cabinet then fled to the Intercontinental Hotel 
which was a designated neutral zone during the war. That was the end of the governor's house. That was also the end of the last government of East Pakistan. The Indian Air Force attack, an act of visible spectacular intimidation, was the last psychological blow to a crumbling regime. General Niazi, left to his delusional tirades, made a lot of threats but surrendered just two days later, thus ending the 1971 Bangladesh Liberation War. So that was the story of the one Indian Air Force attack on East Pakistan during 71, which was so intimidating and which terrified the East Pakistan governor so much that he was forced to change his mind quickly and resign along with his cabinet. That signaled an ominous end to the government of East Pakistan and this part of Pakistan was doomed to become non-existent in the next few days. I hope you liked the story. I'll be back with more enthralling war stories in the next episodes. Don't forget to tune in. This is your dispatch rider saying goodbye.